Hello. Welcome to Syracuse Speaks, The View from the AHL, a Syracuse Crunch-centric podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman. Let's get started. Welcome to a very special midnight edition of the podcast. I'm here coming to you live right after Syracuse's most previous home game, which was a game against the Laval Rocket on Saturday, April 23rd. There's a couple reasons why I'm recording this late at night. Generally, I do not do this, but tomorrow is supposed to be in the 80s here in the central New York Finger Lakes area, which has been a rare temperature considering how miserable the winter was and how long it seems to have lasted. And I also have a major group project that I'm going to be working on in the morning with my group members, so I really just wanted to get this done. Not only that, but I am quite hyped up from the evening, and it just felt like, you know what, I'm going to sit down and talk to you all and get this recorded because things are happening, and <laughs> I am I am stunned. I, I am truly, utterly stunned at this team's turnaround. Honestly, I wish I could remember more from 2007-2008. There are definitely moments that I remember from that season, but mostly what I remember is the run at the end and then the playoffs and, and Trevor Frischman's goal and all of that kind of stuff. But I wish I could remember more of what it felt like to be in the middle of that turnaround because I have to, f- I have to imagine that it's this is what that felt like, but I just can't remember at what moment in 2008, in the spring of 2008, did I realize, holy crap, there's something special going on here. I wish I would have had Twitter back then. I wish I would have had a podcast back then. I wish I would have been blogging back then because I would have loved to have that moment where it was like, okay, this is big. There's something going on here. There's something special going on here. And I want to remember this. Granted, this season in particular, this moment probably happened a couple of weeks ago in general, but even up to even just even at the beginning of April, I am still not entirely sure that we as a fan base knew where this was going. So there is absolutely nothing written in stone right now. The North Division is almost completely undecided except for first place Utica, who has clinched the divisional title. Looking at some of the other divisions around the league, looking at all of the divisions around the league, actually, there is no other division that is as up in the air as the North Division is. However, I am coming to you right now, post-Syracuse's April 23rd game, with the news that the Syracuse Crunch is now in second place in the North Division. Not only that, my friends, but Syracuse will be able to clinch a playoff spot on April 24th, 2022, with either one point in their game against the Hershey Bears, which is going to be played at 5 o'clock this afternoon, a little bit late to get this podcast out, so that's why I'm, I'm coming at you like this, or a Rochester loss of any kind during their game at Cleveland. So we're talking regulation, overtime, shootout, Rochester loses, Syracuse gets into the playoffs regardless of their results at Hershey. I'm, I'm, I, two months ago, this team was not a playoff team. This team wasn't close to a playoff team. Two months ago, this team was one of the most frustrating, inconsistent, 
don't know what's going on with them. Everything seems to be wrong. There's so much to fix teams I have ever seen play on that ice at the Onondaga County War Memorial. And I have seen some teams, my friends. Oh, baby, those the I don't even want to get into it. But like two months ago, this team was dead in the water. There, there wasn't a hope left in that building that any kind of positive result was going to come out of this particular season. But now, but now, we're seeing, we're going to be seeing playoffs in Syracuse. We are going to be seeing playoffs in Syracuse. Let me say that one more time, my friends. We are going to be seeing playoffs in Syracuse. And I am just... This is the team, everybody. This is the team that the Tampa Bay Lightning envisioned for Syracuse this past offseason when they put all of these pieces into place. Some of the pieces are a little bit different than what we expected. Some of the pieces have shifted around a little bit. But this is the team. This is the team that was on paper this past summer that everybody was so excited about. And Syracuse had such high hopes and praises and there was a lot of talk about how they won the uh, summertime and that offseason signing period and free agency and blah, 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 blah. This is the team. This is what we were always meant to have. And you know what? Yes, it's frustrating that circumstances, the way they played out, Syracuse didn't have this all season long, but they got it now. And as a fan, as a, a member of the pseudo media here, as whatever it is that I am, I am excited and I kind of want to hate them for making me this excited because with the lightning in the playoffs as well, I, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll hit into some incredible streaks of luck and everything will go fine with both organizations and there won't be that many need for call-ups and we'll be good to go. I don't know. It very seldom works out when the NHL team is in the playoffs along with the AHL team. Blah, 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 blah. But whatever. All of that doesn't matter right now. The fact is a team that was looking like they were dead in the water two months ago is going to make the Calder Cup playoffs. And I think I can pretty much say that with confidence at this point in time. The AHL North Division, the landscape of that division has completely changed from where we were not that long ago. Utica is in first. That that's the one thing that has remained consistent. That has remained consistent this whole time. Syracuse is in second place. Laval is in third. Belleville is in fourth. Toronto is in fifth. Rochester is in sixth, and Cleveland is in seventh. Rochester is in a lot of trouble. My friends over in Rochester are very unhappy, and they have every right to be, because they started out the season looking fantastic. You know, Utica and Rochester spent the first half of the season dueling up there in first and second place. And it was, you know, they, they were looking pretty good. They were looking like contenders from the start of the season. And then things changed. And I'm not exactly sure what happened, but Rochester's playoff hopes are in some real trouble right now. It will definitely be interesting to see how the remainder of the season goes for Rochester. But that's what we're looking at for the North Division right now. Obviously, as far as playoff seedings go, it would certainly be best if Syracuse could stay in second place. I still cannot believe that I just said that sentence, you guys and girls and everybody in between, all of my non-binary friends. Um, I cannot believe I said that sentence. 
So Syracuse is in second place right now, and it would definitely be to their benefit to stay there because, first of all, they'll get a bye on that first round that fourth and fifth place needs to play. It's a best of three. It'll be over fairly quickly, but it's still a cut. It's still like a week that the crunch would have to get in some really good practice time and to heal up any injuries or anything that might be bothering the players. So that week could be really important to the crunch's hopes. Then, of course, you start the regular seeding that that pretty much proceeds from normal there with the rest of the rounds. Syracuse being in second place would have home ice advantage against whoever is in third place. Also, Syracuse being in second place will not have to face Utica that that second round. I keep wanting to say first round, but it's technically the second round, which I think is a positive for the crunch because Utica has been a bugaboo to them all season long. I think it would really benefit Syracuse if they could get a good playoff round under their belt and then face Utica for that next round. But, you know, these playoffs are going to be long. We're really going to have to see how this plays out, but it's going to be pretty intense, to be honest, with everything that we're looking at and how the North Division has played out all season long. This division has been really, really close pretty much the entire season. But, I mean, it's still, and it's still close. So, you know, it would definitely be to Syracuse's benefit if they could stay in second place. Whether they'll be able to do that or not is what will we will see for the upcoming week. Syracuse will probably clinch a playoff spot either Sunday or Wednesday, and then those last couple of games of the season will pretty much determine what the North Division is going to look like going into the playoffs. When it comes to scheduling, so Syracuse's schedule plays out this way. Their final four games of the season, Three of them are reschedules from the whole COVID thing that happened in the middle of the season. So Syracuse plays at Hershey today, April, well, technically, technically when most of you are listening to this, it is today, right now, it's tomorrow, April 24th, but when most of you are listening to this, it'll be April 24th today. Some of you might even be yesterday if you're some of my valued Field Pass Hockey listeners. I love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's a little weird that the podcast goes up a day early, but this is this is the schedule we came up with. So if you are listening to us where this is two days past now, it was yesterday Syracuse played Hershey. On Wednesday, the Syracuse welcomes Providence into the War Memorial. On Friday, April 29th, they play Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. And Saturday, April 30th, Syracuse yet again plays Laval, who is now in third place behind the crunch And I have this awful feeling that playoff seeding is going to come down to that final game of the season. Maybe it won't. Maybe I'm wrong. But the rest of the division, especially those three Canadian teams that are right behind the crunch in the standings right now, Syracuse isn't going to get a lot of help from them. And here's what I mean by that. So Laval has three games remaining in their schedule. Two against Toronto and one against Syracuse. Belleville has two games remaining in their schedule. They actually play on Sunday, April 24th, against Toronto. And then they play again on Saturday, April 30th, against Toronto. 
So that leaves, of course, Toronto with two games against Laval and two games against Belleville. (laughs) So all of the Canadian teams behind Syracuse are going to be beating the crap out of each other while Syracuse only has a chance to get two more two more points or points percentages or however we're supposed to talk about that at this point in time on Laval during their last game of the regular season. This is why I really have this feeling that the actual seeding for the playoffs and maybe even that that fifth place spot that they introduced this season you know, right now, Rochester's kind of right there, but who knows what's going to happen. So maybe even that fifth place spot might not be determined until that last Saturday, April 30th day of the regular season. So as far as the schedules go, things are going to come down to the wire. It's going to be really crazy. But then again, it's been crazy all season long. So eh, what else is new, right? at the players for Syracuse it's the same players that I've been praising now for weeks who are continuing to do the same thing that they've been doing which is coming up big at the right time when they are needed team captain Gabriel Dumont continues to just be an absolute joy to watch out there I don't know how many of you were able to watch the game this that that was on Saturday but his goal celebration when he scored during that game against Laval the first time around was one of was one of my best and most favorite moments with him on that ice ever that little jump and the look on his face he's having fun and nothing makes me happier nothing brings me more joy than to watch these AHL veterans who have put their time in who have done what all of their teams have ever asked them to do especially the team captains like Dumont and going back to Mike Angelitas and, and even going back further than that to guys like Dan Smith and Zen and Kanapka, nothing brings me more joy than watching these guys really having fun out there. Because I have also seen moments, sometimes with some of the players I just mentioned, where things aren't fun and it looks miserable. And these guys who are getting older and who aren't exactly sure what trajectory their career is taking possibly, and you're wondering, is this it? Is this just going to suck now? Like what? It's really hard for me to watch these older guys who, you know, you don't know. And you want them to have success. You want them to experience those things and continue to experience them and to watch him be so excited over that goal Saturday night against Laval it it was just so much fun and I really do think one of the things that has been a just a joy to watch with this team in general now is to watch them discover how fun it is to win with each other and to play with each other that has been truly one of the biggest joys of this season. This team has really the chemistry. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it took so long. I don't really care. It is off the charts right now. And watching these guys play with each other, 
It's so much fun. So Dumont's doing exactly what they want him to do. Barry Boulay, he's got his game back. He's got it. He's got 44 assists right now for the for, for the crunch, 16 goals. He's doing exactly what he should be doing, and it, it's been great. Uh, Charles Houdon, Sean Day, Cole Kepke, all of these names that I have continued to praise for the, the last couple of weeks, they are doing exactly what they should be doing. Max Legacy doing exactly what he should be doing. And it's, and it's great to see. Legacy has continued to show that he deserves the number one spot with Syracuse and that he can pull this team onto his back and continue to help them win. Saturday night against Laval, the first goal he let in after having a shutout the previous night against Belleville was just a fluky, weird one that I am sure he wanted back. He could have been shaken. He could have been off his game after that. The rest of the team could have gotten down on their luck. We've seen this happen before. None of that happened. After that goal was let in, Legacy shut the door. He said, that's the only one you're going to get tonight, Laval, and I hope that you're happy with it. And sure enough, that was the only one they got all night long. Syracuse's defense really did a nice job. Laval only got 20 shots on goal during that game Saturday night, so they shut them down. Friday night, Belleville got 27 shots on goal. Syracuse had 40 against Belleville Friday and 39 against Laval on Saturday. They are not putting, taking their foot off the gas. They are pouring it on, and they really want to win these games, and it shows. So Legacy is doing really, really well. Syracuse's defense is picking up the slack, and the team's special special teams are <laughs> – they are also looking much better than they have in the past, which is really exciting. Going into the playoffs, we know things are called a little bit differently. The refs tend to put their whistles away. But the thing with doing that is that when you do get a power play opportunity or when you have to go on the penalty kill, those moments become that much more important because they are so rare in the playoffs. So that is just something that I think Syracuse has been working on and has had to work on. And I'm sure that this past week, being able to actually get in a full week of practice without having a game during the week, which is something that Syracuse hasn't had in months because of the COVID rescheduling and everything else that happened, really helped with special teams. You can tell that there's been some kind of a shift. Uh, Syracuse is currently fourth in the North Division for power play team special teams. And weirdly enough, Syracuse, who's in fourth place in the North, got four power play goals over the last their last two games versus Belleville and Laval. They had two games against Belleville, two games against Laval, or two goals against Laval on the power play. Dumont, Houdon, both scored power play goals over those two games. Other The other two goals came from Riley Nash, who continues to show his value as a veteran in this league and how lucky Syracuse was that he that they tried to get him to clear waivers and the Lightning snagged him for the crunch because he has absolutely been a huge addition to this team. And someone else who has also been a pretty big addition to this team scored the fourth power play goal that I haven't mentioned yet. That's Anthony Richard. So the team's power play is looking much better than it did. They were able to get off some really good chances. They're doing pretty good. The team's penalty kill 
is fifth in the North Division, but that is fifth by 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 not much. Their penalty kill is currently at 79.7%. Right ahead of them is Cleveland at 79.8%. So they're not behind they're not in fifth place by much. And I'll tell you, Syracuse had an amazing chef's kiss of a of a penalty kill Saturday night against Laval. It was almost a full minute and a half of five-on-three penalty kill for Syracuse, and they, they, they killed it. It was incredible. I probably haven't seen a penalty kill that good since Dan Smith ran it back in, like, 2008, 2009, somewhere down there. It was so good. It was beautiful. And penalty killing is not easy. It's not. So I... I I am very, very pleased with the progress that the team's special special teams have made in these last couple of weeks. Um, speaking of progress, just as a quick glance around the rest of the league in comparison to Syracuse, Legacy is now 10th out of the entire American Hockey League for goalies in goals against average with a 2.39. So that's pretty impressive considering where the team was just a few short months ago. His current record is 21-9-2, and and he has a .907 save percentage, which is good for... Where I don't know where he went. Okay, so he is not in the top 20 in save percentage, but still... He's looking much he's he's looking like the goalie the Syracuse is needed. So good for him. I am thrilled obviously because it means that the team is winning, but also I'm just thrilled for him. You can tell again that he is really excited, he's energized, he's pumped. The team is really excited for him. There was actually a really cute moment Saturday night where the final bell hadn't rung just yet, but there was like two seconds left on the clock. And one of the players, I'm honestly not sure who it was, skated up next to Legacy and kind of elbow rubbed with him because, I mean, it's, again, these are the guys that you want to win for. These veterans that have put their time in, that have been in this league for so long, that know this league and that lead in this league they're the ones you want to win for. And it's so much fun watching them do just that. So congratulations to Legacy. Please keep it up. <laughs> Please and thank you. Um, looking at some of the other teams and players around the league, Gabriel Duma is currently 16th in the league in points. Right behind him at 17th in the league is Alex Barry Boulet. They both have 60 points. So good for them. That is um, pretty fun that both of them are so high in the league when it comes to points. When it comes to goals, Gabriel Dumont is 10th in the league in goals. So that's incredible. When it comes to assists, Alex Boulet is 6th in the league with 44 when it comes to assists. So crunch players are starting to show up among the elite in the American Hockey League. This is good. This is wonderful. This team is putting it together. You know, and and at this point too, because there's so much depth, 
the Orlando Solar Bears down in the ECHL. Their season has has finished. They did not make the playoffs. So Syracuse was reinforced with a bunch of I, I I don't know if we call them black aces in the AHL. I don't really remember. I feel like there was some kind of name for them, but honestly, I don't remember what it was. But Regardless, Syracuse does have reinforcements available just in case they need to call on that depth, but the crunch itself is really deep. They are running all of their lines, everybody is scoring up and down the roster, things are coming together the way they should be. One other player that I actually wanted to call out before I end was just Nick Nick Perbix. He's looking fantastic. He is looking ready to go in this league, which is great. Uh, Perbix is a defenseman that came out of the NCAA, St. Cloud State. He was, his season ended. He's going to be with Syracuse next season, I, I believe. So it's expected that he's going to, you know, continue with the team next season. But he has absolutely looked right at home with Syracuse and with everything going on with the team. He's been getting some really big minutes out there. I think the coaching staff has been incredibly pleased with his progress. He has two goals, three assists, five points on the season so far in eight games played with Syracuse. He's in a minus two, but I mean, for <laughs> for a guy that just came into the AHL, that's I'm I'm I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. Syracuse's blue line has definitely needed a little bit of, of a shot in the arm. I think that the fresh air that, that Perbex has brought has been really helpful. And it's been great watching him jump in and look so comfortable out there as Syracuse goes down this playoff run. And what an experience for him to be able to join the team right at the height of their success this season and really start contributing in such a big way. That is incredible for him, too. So that is really exciting to see. And I just, I cannot wait to see what this team brings us as we move forward and as we look towards the playoffs. Because I'm I'm going to, I mean, I... <laughs> I'm I don't think I'm I don't think that I am breaking any news here but I fully expect that either by the time you hear this playoff that this podcast on Monday or by the time Syracuse's game is over on Wednesday that the crunch has clinched a playoff spot. I think that will do it for this week's episode, so I want to thank you all so much for listening. I'm Alex Ackerman. I'm the host and creator of this podcast, and my social media is always open to anybody who wants to come follow me or wants to give any kind of feedback or ask questions. My personal Twitter is at Alovimo, A-L-L-O-V-I-M-O, and my hockey handle is over at Sinbin Crunch. I would also like to thank Kevin McLeod and Purple Planet Music for the royalty-free tracks that were heard throughout this podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful week or two until I see you again. Take care of each other out there in Crunchland, and I'll talk to you soon.